This episode of the Disc Golf Podcast is brought to you by otbdiscs.com. At one point in time, if you listened to the show, you knew uh, about our little secret site to get awesome discs. Uh, it's not a secret anymore. It is a site where you can learn everything about the discs you're purchasing before you actually have them in your hands. Get disc weight, dominess, flatness, all kinds of ratings. Learn it before you get it in there and get your favorite disc at only the best discs. OTBDiscs.com. Use promo code DGPODCAST to get free shipping on your next order. What's up, disc golfers? Welcome to episode 225 of the Disc Golf Podcast. My name is Robin, and alongside me, my longtime friend, avid disc golfer, Joe. I just realized this beer open is 8.6%. Wow. Uh, I bring that up for two reasons. One, love you guys. <laughs> I know uh, last week was something different. So I wanted to make sure, I mean, I think we said we we're going to come back with something. Come back strong. Strong. And this is just like the during pod beer. Um, but two, I did not realize it had this much alcohol. Well, I mean, it says double IPA on the front. So like best case scenario on a double IPA, you're talking 8%. I feel like I've had like a, a yeah, 7.9. Right. Yeah. Like might be know, like a Robin, baby double IPA. I don't IPA. even know anymore. Okay. We don't even drink anymore. Yeah, I mean, we don't even party together anymore, Robin. <laughs> It's like it doesn't even matter. Well, you know, this is what happens when uh, a when global you, pandemic, <laughs> a global pandemic. You know, you get, and like get old and fat, and <laughs> right? And you're actually trying to like not have a heart attack at 40 years old. Yeah, you know those things. Then you then you end up reviewing a non-alcoholic beer on a on a show that is, you know, about reviewing beers that that have alcohol in it. But have uh, you had this yet? No, I've not. Oh, oh, dude. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, you know, we have to announce another beer that the one we're actually going to review. But I know, but we'll, we'll talk about both. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. So yeah, we so, yeah. Uh, we are going to come back roaring from our review of <laughs> non-alcoholic beverages to this episode, which already you could say is off the rails. But I'll tell you right now: by the time we finished our podcast last week, we both once again. I guarantee, I, I can certify, 100% sober, both of us, we both felt there was a good amount of slurring by us I, I, during a during a, a sober podcast, so yeah. I don't know that it's going to be that much different. <laughs> <laughs> maybe we just burnt a slur into our brains when we get a mic in our hands? I don't maybe, know. Maybe, maybe. Legit, we finished the show and I'm like, Joe, did you feel like you were slurring? I felt like I was slurring, but we... But there was no booze. Like, there were definitely words that I was like, I said that really weird, but I'm going to keep like rolling. A, like I a placebo know. slur? Yeah. Placlerbo? <laughs> Placlerbo. Ooh, I like it. <laughs> yeah, the slurbo. That I feel like if you listen to the podcast, you probably have that at times. <laughs> just with your friends. When you talk about disc golf, all, all of a sudden you're just slurring a little bit. Uh, pro tip, if you want us to sound less drunk, uh, just... Listen to the podcast at a faster speed. Yeah, like 1.25. Yeah, we will sound like totally normal humans when we're just completely bricked. And just remember, if you go like slow speed, we sound super drunk 
when we're sober, which still already sounds kind of drunk, and then like really drunk. Like hobo drunk if you go like point yeah. seven five or something like that. So it might be fun, but then you don't want to listen to a podcast for like two plus hours. That's true. I mean, I don't think, but I down if you do. Maybe, maybe um, you want to just, you know, draw that experience out a little bit yeah. longer. Just, you know, really, I don't, that sounds stupid. I would never do that. I listen to all my podcasts at normal speed. I do too. So. But I, I know other away. people, they like to rock through a bunch California more. Bad Boy does the the higher speed. And as soon as I learned that, I was like, why? why? What? Yeah, everybody sounds like chipmunks. Why Why would you want to hear their voice all weird and stuff? like And talking yeah. super fast like they're like on some illicit drugs. Yeah. No, can't do that. I want to hang out with real people. You yeah. know. I want to hear what they have to say. I already miss enough stuff with like phone calls and, and like just getting distracted in general that I, if it was going faster i would i would surely miss more at least by the the magnitude of the yeah <laughs> of the the speed but whatever i mean to each their own i i'm sure we're offending a bunch of uh fast potters fast pod listeners Tur- or, tur- or s- turbo pod listeners or, yeah what do you call like the turbo potters the, i'm sure that exists it's kind of like a turbo like, putt, what about but, like sl- what's the slow i don't know nobody does that I, I, I don't know if you like drive a truck or you drive for a living. And I know we have listeners, a, a good amount of listeners, because we've gotten comments from people who like drive for a living. Do they just have a crazy fucking, they probably just have a crazy cue that they're just like, I've, I listen to 87 podcasts yeah, a week. And they need to go, they need to get through it. I need to get through it. I yeah. don't want to listen to it slow. Yeah. I feel like the only people who listen to it slow do it for like five minutes. Be like, oh, they sound hammered. <laughs> and then they're like, okay, let's, let's get this done with. Let's move on. That was real fun for a minute, but like, why? I don't think people, I don't think anyone. I, we've gotten comments from people being like, I listen to it at half speed and these guys sound hammered. <laughs> well, yeah, everyone sounds hammered. I feel like that. Matt Raymond even said that. Like one of our, our mods even in our Slack group was even like, man, it's silly. It's such a, such a ridiculous thing to say. It's like, oh man, I just drenched these guys in alcohol and they smelled like booze. Yeah. <laughs> It's not fair. Nailed it's not it. fair. Nailed it. <laughs> Straight as he has alcohol and then threw a match on, they died. <laughs> I don't know. Just move on. Well, what are we what are we talking about this week, Rob? <laughs> We've got a great show for you guys tonight. We're going to talk about the ratings update. A uh, lot of not a lot of movement, but there's some interesting movement in the top players in the world, especially on the MPO side. And uh, so we want to talk about the PDGA ratings update that occurred about a week ago. Um, we'll recap the memorial. Lots of lots of interesting stuff happened there. More interesting stuff than we thought, honestly. Uh, we kind of on this podcast last week, given that there was no live the, coverage the, the, the and poop, there was pooping on it. There was only one uh, media outlet doing the post produced. We were kind of pessimistic about the um, you know the prospects of getting. Uh, you know, good coverage out of it, but it turned out to be great and, and we really enjoyed it. So that was cool. And then we'll preview the Waco annual charity open disc golf pro tour event, the Waco, Waco, the Waco, Waco. And uh, so that'll, that'll be fantastic. Looking forward to that. And uh, talking about the, the continued kind of changes in the booth for the disc golf pro tour. They're, they're kind of spicing things up whenever they can. And then we're going to do our world famous deer review, our disc and beer pairing, where we take a disc, we take a beer, we review them both and let you know whether you should bring it on the course tonight. We have love in a tall glass by Weldworks Brewing Company. 
sent to us by Evan Miller of Colorado. So Weldworks, uh, awesome Colorado brewery. And uh, we're going to pair that with the Viking Discs Rune, which is a two-speed, four-glide, zero-turn, and zero-fade putter. So that is going to be our podcast. Should be fantastic. Boom. Uh, One other announcement. Uh, We uh, just got, they arrived to me yesterday, uh, disc golf pins. So by uh, dgpins.com, we had enamel pins made by them with our logo, and they look awesome. They're fire. And uh, she also, uh, Nina, the the owner, I believe, uh, sent us some other uh, goodies that we're going to send out as a um, a, uh, giveaway. And if you want to be a part of that, one, getting our pins... Uh, and two, getting the awesome uh, extra pins that she sent. There's like a cool caddy game where you can spin it and it chooses a different type of throw. I thought you said I could have that one. No, you can't. But it's can't like so that. cool. And then like but, uh, it has a spinner and... So, yeah, it moves. But you I, love things that move. You're, you're like, ooh, shiny. Why do you think I love uh, <laughs> model trains so much? <laughs> I'm sure I just hurt someone's feelings. I'm sorry. <laughs> model trains are rad, yeah. I think. But uh, if you want to win those extra pins and we'll throw one of our pins in it all you got to do is go to our website throw stuff at stuff.com and hit the join slack link that's in our main navigation and join our slack group which is an awesome disc golf community full of tons of disc golfers from all over the world and lots of channels for every interest you could possibly imagine that is safe for work and a few that aren't um a good handful. A, a, yeah, a few. Or or most. But, but not for the reasons you might day. think. Yeah, no, no, no. Just, you know. You know, there's there's very few. I mean, I don't know what people do in their DMs. I mean, you got your Chad, you got your Drews. Who knows? <laughs> All right. <laughs> but, uh, and uh, if you join that Slack group, I will next week, I'm going to say Tuesday. On Tuesday of next week, I will make a channel announcement that will go out to everyone as to how you can win this nice little package of DG pins. And we're even going to throw in a super awesome Lazat one that came in our, uh, Dismania black mis- box in our black mystery box. It's a super sick little Lazat pin that'll be in there too. So it's going to be like five or six pins total that are in this, uh, this little package. So check it out, throw stuff, stuff.com join Slack, uh, talk to us, ask us questions. And, uh, next week I'll do the giveaway. And, uh, she was gracious enough to also give us a discount code. That's, for DGP that's on there for DGP yep. and it's a uh, DGP 15 which gets you 50 15% off your next order so but you should probably buy a pin first before you use that I mean yeah you could you could buy a pin from us our pins aren't on her website but um, you can get other ones you know there's lots of cool discount yeah, pins yeah there. well I think so. that there's yeah there's a few people I think that own it because I think one of the DG pins people were in our uh, I think so too in our fantasy football league but yeah, all, like, we were all the conversations in. we had were with Nina. Yep. So yep. Um, and like, thanks to her, they look honestly, fantastic. There, yeah, exactly. Robin sent the artwork, and she was like, "I'm gonna do this," and it really didn't change anything. It just made it better for printing, and they are mm-hmm. rad. They're super tasty. Yeah. So check that out uh, again. Throw stuff at stuff.com join slack you can also check we got other stuff for sale and when i put the pins up they'll be on the website as well for us yep for you to buy so most likely by the time you listen to this podcast they will be there and if like we got some silly pints out there you buy a silly pint and a pin will just pop the pin and the silly pint and ship it to you and if you put in the main notes that you want us to chug a beer out of your silly pint first before we ship it we will do that too um and wash it 
course, because COVID and you know stuff. But I mean, it'll die in the. It shipment. probably would. It'll I will die think. in the shipment. Yeah, I mean, I think it's just Rob and I have to separately chug beers because of COVID. That's like true. like I can't chug a beer and then quickly refill it and have him chug a beer. Yeah, like I'd have to chug it, wash the silly pint. Then he chugs it and yeah. send it. We can't even baby bird it like the good old days. Right. We're a few weeks away, though. We could, you know, yeah. get creative. Yeah. Once we get to the, you know, both the pricks, scenes. We, can, we, can, we can do that. I mean, I got both, but. Yeah, whatever. <clears throat> I'm halfway there. Halfway there. All right. So, PDJ ratings update. The reason we thought this was interesting is that. Brody broke a thousand. He did. That was cool, but I was actually going to say that oh. Eagle is now the highest rated player in the world at 1056. That's because he only plays in Colorado. <laughs> That's a joke. That's a joke. Eagle is fantastic. This is yeah. So long we, time we coming. have it. Interestingly enough, we have Eagle McMahon at 1056. We then have Calvin Heimberg at 1054. Then Ricky Wysocki at 1053, and then Mister 10 Million himself, Paul McBeth, at 1051. And then Chris Dickerson at ten forty nine. I mean, Paul made that money. Like, does he need ratings I, he anymore? I, like, why? Why would he care? Well, I mean, I know. As I posed the question, I think he cares from the standpoint of just like competitiveness, but also when you have the highest rating in the world, you can make stamped discs that sell for crazy amounts of money. Mm-hmm. Um, Dismania. I don't know if you're doing this, but you better get on that. They quick. better. I mean, I, I want an Eagle 1056. Uh, totally. Something. What What would you want? Well, I mean, personally, I would want either a P2 or, um, you know, like an FD or something like that. But he, he would do a PD2 or a DD3. He'd probably do a DD3. Or, or, you know, I mean, but his, his P2 a is tilt? His, 1056 tilts would break the internet. He can't. Simon <laughs> won't let him. <laughs> Simon won't let him. But yes, they fucking would. Oh, my God. The tilt in the first place broke the internet. A, a, a 1056 tilt? Like, somehow they figured out how to make the mold work with premium plastic. Oh, man. A premium plastic 1056 uh, eagle tilt? People would murder each other for it. Yep. Yep. It'd be like the really sad, like, Black Friday Walmart videos. Yeah, that's exactly what it would be. Like, like. People, it wouldn't even be be like attacks on the websites that people would go directly to Dismania headquarters in Colorado and like with torches and Molotov cocktails. Like it's just- insane to the point that I probably shouldn't like state this in a podcast, but there is a black four time Paul Macbeth unthrown zone on the wall in the shedio. Just saying. Thanks, Joe, for uh, putting my house and at risk. The shedio is at. <laughs> this is this Sonoma, is, California. <laughs> so exciting! Thanks, Joe. Oh, is there anything else you'd like to list of my possessions that people might want to steal? Our possessions? This is, no, this is mine. <laughs> Everything on the wall is mine. Yes, pretty much. It's uh, <laughs> finders, keepers, losers, weepers. <laughs> No, possessions nine tenths of the wall are of the wall of the law. <laughs> but you know it's early in the season, and uh, Paul plans to plans to play a lot more tournaments. But how do you think this shakes out? Do you think that 
Paul gets himself back up into those? I would assume so. We've seen this before. I mean, Eagle, do we do we want to talk memorial yet? Because I think that yeah 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 that's true. That well, might now, be a we'll part get, of it. We'll get to that part of it. I know we will. Uh, that'll be the next bullet point anyway, so we can kind of transition to that. But uh, you know, we've seen Eagle start hot before, and you know these early tournaments, the memorial um, and Las Vegas challenge. I, I guess he didn't play the memorial actually. So, um, yeah, Rick didn't know. Uh, no, neither did Eagle. Oh, right. Yeah. Um, well, that but the Las Vegas challenge, it, it's, you know, these courses play to these big bombers. Um, so he started hot before, but this, this rating has been climbing, you know, for more than just the first part of this year, obviously. So uh, it would be, we've, I feel like we say this at this time of year, every year for the last three years that like, maybe this is the year Eagle puts it all together and is just dominant and we, I, we, i'd be stoked like it, it would make sense yeah as much as as we're a, a podcast who uh i'm not gonna i'm not trying to be weird or nothing but we love ourselves some paul Macbeth. like i'm not I'm, it's the truth eagle has every piece of the game every piece yeah of the he game. does he has a top Three, if not two, if not top one, backhand. Yeah, I can easily say he has the top forehand. I yeah, it might not be close. He has a top. Well, I don't know. Ezra, Ezra is is bombing forehands too. He is. So is AB. AB yeah. bombs some yep. forehands too. But yeah, but we gotta we gotta we gotta give the king his seat yeah, for a little you gotta, while. You gotta, you gotta pump and we gotta that see it like you know we gotta see it in real life. Um, and putting, I think Eagle's a top three putter. Yeah. So you put those together, and I mean, this is now year three of us saying exactly these things. Uh-huh. Um, it's the mental game. It's the mental game. If he can move his mental game to being a top three mental game, which so far, very plausible, mm-hmm. uh, he will be the best disc golfer in the world. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's not a tool that, I mean, w- beyond that, if there's not there, I, I wouldn't be blown away if there was a moment where he's just like he does each facet of the game the 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 best. Yeah, and then Calvin Heimberg is just a machine. Yep. Uh, and and I'll never be surprised to see Calvin at did, the top. Did of you watch the GK Pro skins? Do you watch those at all? I didn't. No. So I watched those, and that was, and I've watched a good handful of them with Calvin on it, but it is the most like. I don't know what clicked or whatever, but he was more laid back than I'd ever seen him. And instead of just being like kind of stiff and snarky, he was just fun and goofy. And mm-hmm. it was like the coolest side of Calvin um, I have seen to where he, <laughs> it was actually, it was super fun because Sexton was on it, which he's mm-hmm. never been. And it's like Sexton, Page, Calvin, and KJ, which is KJ's the great like mainstay. But the shit the the respect they have for Sexton slash the shit they talk about him being old <laughs> and not being able to throw like far is so good. But Calvin, I mean, compared to them, he doesn't. I mean, no, dude, he's given up like 150 so feet to Calvin. He is, but he, but he. With that said, when you talk about forehand, he is a sneaky, yeah, super distant forehand player. Yeah. Like there were holes where they were pumping backhands and he was crushing forehands. They're like, what? 
Yeah. How are you where my backhand was? Yeah. That doesn't make sense. Yeah. Anyway, super fun. Calvin is less robotic, but in a fun way. And I feel like that's going to be what breaks him out, which has been breaking him out. Playing a little more loose and fun loose than kinda, like yeah. stiff and crushing. I mean, he's just got that that serious <laughs> mode for tournaments. You know, so. Calvin's just that guy that it's like he's gonna break be the breakout player of the year for the last nine years. Mm-hmm. It's like look at him, breakout player of the year. It's like, well, you know, he can't or rookie of the year. It's like, nope, he can't be a rookie because he's been playing MPO for four years. He just has yeah. been under the break because he stayed in Florida for so long. Yeah, yeah, no, but it's 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 incredible to watch, and just in general the 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 play has elevated in disc golf to where we're seeing an incredible product now. So, um, and I will say, just going to your next real point, uh, Brody at thousand two. I I don't think that's anywhere close to his floor. Floor? You, you mean ceiling? You mean ceiling? ceiling. I yeah. mean hundred percent ceiling. Yeah, I think that is his floor. I I I mean I'm. That's what I meant. I, I think last year I said that I thought he would get to 975 or somewhere along those lines by the end of the year, and he ended up getting to 990 or something like that. 998 or something. He yeah. so close. So, like, got got further along. So, he's he's progressing, and his form is looking much better. He's already throwing pretty far. I did, um, speaking of Sexton, I did listen to Sexton's podcast where they interviewed, where he interviewed him, and um, and it was good. I encourage everyone to listen to it. Um it's i think i think brody is way better when you're talking to him in a format like that like on a podcast like when we did than when he is you know trying to get eyeballs on twitter like yeah. when you hear him talking it's more reasoned and like he obviously respects sexton so he's not going to jump too far out of line but it's when you listen to that like his points make sense and he's you know really just all about that cash basically <laughs> like in a bunch of times just being repeating that he wants the players to make more money and stuff like that so virtually everything he's talking about is coming from a place of wanting disc golfers to make more money and wanting him to make more money which is totally reasonable I, and i think that should be the goal behind the quote-unquote grow the sport movement yeah like that's, well, that's how you that's grow what it, it is yeah. i mean that's that when it comes down to it if you're saying grow the sport you're you're wanting players to get paid <laughs> bring, more and and know. bring more money to my income brand or yeah yeah whatever it is but but nonetheless it was it was interesting good but it's it's interesting he said in that in that podcast that he wanted to work on distance because he was at las vegas challenge and watching these guys get way up the fairway and watching him play in this and then in the memorial i'm like man i you need to work on your putts and and like i i don't i don't agree with what he's i mean i know he's going to work on both but him already getting around 500 feet, I think that he would pick up more strokes on the on the green in most tournaments right. than he would, uh, you know, just because the Las Vegas Challenge and the Memorial are wide open courses that favor the guys that can throw 550 to 600 doesn't mean that that's all of a sudden the new... Well, and placement, too, and I think that's something we saw, yeah. and we'll get there in a minute with Memorial, or we can just kind of roll into it because we're We can roll this. into Memorial, um, but it's it's an accomplishment for him. I mean, totally. he's, he's going to keep keep getting better for sure i mean there's there's no way he gets worse from it at, at, no. th- at this stage no. in his age and and uh his growth in the sport he's not going to get worse anytime soon he's only going to going to improve that rating uh also quick local shout out and he's very he's, comfortable he's, in he's not local anymore he's in washington but uh proctor broke 1040 wow that's great uh so i i think 
But mm-hmm. I don't see that in Brody's future. No. I don't see 1040 plus. I don't. I don't. Not not now. Not with his skill set. But I want to say beyond distance and beyond that, something that I think came out really clear with the amount I watched them play Vista, um, where your disc drops down is so much more important than, than right now if there's a, you know, a flat green. I'll put it, you know, it's coming in hyzer. I'll put it 40 foot. 40 feet out to the right and it'll get me like right into the, the hot zone. And because of all the little hillsides and things at Vista, like not only do you have to have the distance, but you have to have it set down at a certain angle in a certain spot uh-huh. to have, to have a good putt. Yep. Um, granted the top pros, which I, if you watched only the final round, I don't think you would understand this piece. Uh, only the top pros are the ones who can, make up for maybe bad placement because uh you know and and pete which we'll talk about in a minute stated it pretty good the new um i don't know minimum for putting or the the circle where you should be making putts has expanded so much in the last yeah. probably four years oh yeah it's ridiculous yeah uh, especially if you're a casual player if you're like us um shit 20 feet is like whoo yeah I I if I make this I'm pumped if I miss it that's okay whereas it's now like that's like the 35 foot mark for MPO players. Yeah. Yeah. Um so let's we'll get right into yeah. the, to the memorial now. Um just in general. Um it was uh, there was no live coverage post produced on the Disc Golf Guy uh channel uh, Terry Miller of course. And and I will throw a quick apology last week when we talked about that I I kind of gave it a woof like Yeah. Disc golf guy coverage has been eh, it's been okay and it usually comes out super like to be fully later to be fully honest too to that to that point we 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 were not super excited for the memorial just in general because we weren't getting multiple uh, media outlets producing coverage so that to us meant we weren't going to see as many different players and that can be kind of hit or miss you know you're getting when there's only one media outlet doing the coverage you're getting the players that scored really great yesterday. Right. You know? Right. And then and then the next card, the next day, you're getting the, the card you didn't see right. that scored great where, sometimes. But. Well, you also have the world of, like, where's my uh, Paul Macbeth minus 16 at yeah. Dela? Yeah. Oh, cool. It's on a camera phone. Yeah. <laughs> or a phone camera before iPhones. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's on a potato. Neat. <laughs> great. So... So yeah, but the and honestly, the first round I was a little worried because the background noise was really loud, and Terry was on uh, with I don't I don't remember who the the commentator was. I think it was one of the camera guys he had with him, and it was fine. It wasn't it wasn't terrible, but like the the construction noise and the camera noise at uh, at Fountain Hills was just like off the charts. It was like hard to hear them, and I was really worried. Um, but then in round two. Um, it it came on the the sound was better and on came a new commentating superstar Pete Ulibarri, Um breakout uh, rookie rookie commentator of the rookie year. I think he's commentated on other things, but this is like this is real. We can out. we can just lock it in right now. Yep. this is uh, this is the new hot stuff. Right oh, here. dude, so so good. Yeah, and uh, he was just I mean obviously local local, local knowledge. Yeah, so he's um, giving a bunch of knowledge about the course and and the layouts and. But once again, if if you didn't catch the last name. That's Paul Uliberry's brother, yeah, older brother, yeah, uh, who, who won MPA, M, M, MA, MA forty. Also been in the scene forever too. So 
the cool thing too, beyond his local knowledge, beyond, and we'll get deeper into that, was that he's known Terry forever, and you always hear like Terry talk about his like knowledge of like fifteen years ago. This blah blah blah. Pete was right there too, being yeah. like, "Oh, totally." On top, I remember when the whole time. Anthon was blah, blah like yeah. And so, so on came round two with with Pete Uliberry and and just like great commentary, great rapport between the two of them, and lots of knowledge being dropped. And then, uh, just just quick question for you: How much cocaine do you think was stored in Gre- Greg Barsby's sunglasses? I all of it. I mean, all, it all even it? had like the side, like the the side protection, like. I'm pretty sure the the sunglasses were actually high during that. I, they had to be. But they're like, I don't even know what's happening right now, man. <laughs> like, I just throw the. I don't know. Like, I, I can't even imagine like driving across the street wearing those shades, let alone throwing a disc. And- I mean, unless you're like 85 years old and you need those blue blockers <laughs> <Yeah>. on the sides. <laughs> they were fi- like, if there was an MPO player to rock those. It, it, that's 100% who it would be. Yeah, of course. Like, there's not... Maybe Matty O. No. We, we, could, we could see him doing that. He's rocked some crazy shades. That's but they're true. more goofy shades. Yeah, they're more these, goofy. These are... These are. Uh, these shades... These shades have seen some shit. <laughs> I was just about to say exactly <laughs> that. Yeah. <laughs> they, they have been through some crazy they're struggling times. Through. They're struggling through. Oh, <laughs> guarantee. You know how many mornings those things have seen? <laughs> just being like... What did we do last night? <laughs> I don't know what's happening. Tell me, sunglasses. I need to know. <laughs> I don't remember anything. Pretty sure. Uh, oh, oh, there's no still some coke left on you. Yay. <laughs> like, good I'm, lord. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure they're a casualty from the hangover movie. Yeah. Uh, and then my only other thought, uh, just in general, the construction noise, especially on hole five. Um, fucking cox cable yeah <laughs> like they're they're just like literally just a couple of construction dudes like having a constru- chatting it up having a construction loud construction dude conversation like right there just being like i get it you don't understand what disc golf is i don't care about your frisbees <laughs> i'm installing a cable li- i'm installing a fiber optic line but while they're all putting and stuff like that it's just like ah damn it like yeah. this is this is the worst yep so yep. uh and i don't know i was saying so the first two rounds of this tournament were at the Memorial or we're at, sorry, not the Memorial. At, we're at uh, Fountain, Fountain Hills. Yep. And then the uh, ensuing two rounds were at Vista del Camino. And I, maybe I'm just not remembering, but I feel like they've always, they finished for the most part on Fountain Hills. I could be totally wrong too. And maybe it was Fountain, Vista, Vista, Fountain, or it was usually three rounds and Fountain, Vista, Fountain, but I think you're totally right. Yeah. So so it was interesting to see them just switch off of, of, uh, of Fountain Hills, but at the same time, I was relieved because I was tired of seeing crazy-ass spectators and all those damn coots, the, the, the ducks. Um, right. Well, and like and, just the... the, the and the construction uh, people hanging out, walking, yelling, and screaming. Yeah, it just, and, and I'll tell you right now, going into it, I would have told you Fountain's a way cooler course than Vista. This is fun, man. Yeah, Vista, maybe it was Vista's Pete. got some interesting. Maybe shots. it was Pete. Yeah, Pete might have uh, it, it, swayed I, me. I think Pete. It, I think Pete Uberry was was the reason that that we he's so good. enjoyed he's it so, much. so good. no it was good it was i learned things and he and also me being a plant guy he dropped fescue on us like the grass type and i was just like i was like okay this was that correct i'm taking yeah yeah it's totally correct what is what is that it's a type of grass like okay it's just like lawn that's what fescue is 
Like a certain type of lawn. Like it's a certain yes. grass. Yeah. Type. Okay. The most common uh, lawn grasses that you'll see on on the western United States, you see a mix of uh, tall fescue and uh, bluegrass. So Kentucky oh, yes. bluegrass. I, that's what so, I'm hoping for. So I'm hoping when, for some bluegrass. When, when you look at a lawn and you see wide blades that are kind of sharp on the edge, that's fescue. It's either dwarf fescue or tall fescue, one or the other, depending on there's a couple different brands of it. And then the very, very thin blades that you see in there are bluegrass. So what they do, they mix the two, dominantly fescue, to get like a nicer looking lawn. The fescue takes less water, it's lower maintenance, the bluegrass is a little bit more delicate, but it's softer to the touch. So that's what you see here in the Western United States. So I need some bluegrass clover for yeah. my lawn. Um, and like what you'll see on putting greens and things like that is typically Bermuda grass, which is like this horribly invasive grass, um, also more common on the Eastern United States. Also, uh, the bluegrasses tend to do better in cooler climates, so you'll see more more dominant versions of those on the East Coast. Just in general, but yes, the the grass that was there was most likely. Fescue. What is your favorite? Uh, well, I mean, being from the West Coast and the fact that we use fescue most of the time, fescue. But honestly, people shouldn't have lawns over here anywhere. It's a fucking desert. So save save water, people. I'm I'm still gonna have a lawn, Robin. Okay, I'll I'll make sure it has very efficient sprayer system. I appreciate that. <laughs> so, sorry, uh, world. Sorry, world. Yeah. It's but, a small lawn. It's very small, but I want a lawn. Nonetheless, it was it was uh, it was great. Um, it was also funny hearing them. Uh, I don't know how much I want to spoil because you you want to watch it and enjoy it. But there was lots of good uh, like funny. It's, it's still great. It's still it's, great. There's funny of what moments just in general that they were riffing off of stuff that was going on, um, and and also mixed in with with great knowledge of the the course itself and the changes. Um, Klein and and Kyle Klein, the rookie of the year last year, and and Anthony Barella, we told you last week that the uh, you'd most likely see big bombers at the top of the leaderboard, yep. and that was no exception. But Kyle Klein looked great. I mean, there were flashes he of stardom. Is such a secret bomber, too. Yeah, he is. And, and we then, knew he was a bomber, but still, just watching him throw it, and and even Terry brought it up. Like he looks effortless, and it goes five hundred feet. Yeah. Yeah, and then you know Barella played really great for the for the majority of the tournament. Um, it it was good times, and then Ezra making making some appearances and and playing well. I'd like to say one thing, and I'll get past it because I know no one wants to talk about step putts anymore. Um, but uh, if if you're the kind of person that likes to scrutinize step putts, Ezra uh, Ezra is the new king. Yep. Uh, let's put it that um, way. Speaking of putts, I love Kyle Klein's stroke yeah looks good I I love it I don't know I don't know what it is he I puts don't know himself why. long because it's it's going a million miles an hour and it it's is. low and it just and also could be the fact that a lot of this I was seeing it like Vista and and it was hitting that dry dead grass and just like sliding really well, far. the other thing weird with Vista too is what like 10 out of the 18 are elevated baskets yeah yeah. So many elevated baskets, but when he hits, it's center chains hard. It's going to drop. Um, I don't know. I just like that confidence. There's yeah. just something about it, and it's not. It's no, not, and he doesn't change it. He it's goes not right a, back to it's it. It's not a Barsby or a Rick, like, nose down, little loft smash. Or Girthy, who puts it, like, 15 feet in the air to make a 30-foot putt. Or Sarah Hokum, same thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, and it's. And we'll talk about it in a minute, like Yuli, uh, 
Lil Lil Yuli um, yeah. has been working baby on some, Yules. Yeah, uh, and and Paul has his putts, which were not good. You know, um, yeah, Paul, but Paul uh, was rough. we'll dude, get to Paul next. Uh, but but Kyle Klein, just something about the confidence, just to smash it through, mm-hmm. and. More often than not, but there was definitely sometimes more often than not when he would miss and go longer than his first putt and be outside the circle, he would smash it coming back. Like I just like the confidence he had and that stroke just was clean. I guess I just need to pretend to clean my disc and dry my disc off for like uh uh-huh. twenty five seconds before I putt and maybe I can putt like Kyle Klein. Yeah. Yeah. So I didn't like that the that was weird to me, his yeah. little but whatever. He yeah. smashed some putts. He did. He did. And he missed some too and put himself long, but it it overall it was it was fun to watch and you know, he's so young and he's got he's so skilled. I just I, you know, it's just you another tell, another and, up and comer. And it's so funny cuz these are like I'm echoing what I've heard. But when he was coming up, everyone's like, "Oh, he loves Eagle and Simon." Like that's what uh-huh. and, and you watch how he drives mm-hmm. and it looks like Eagle Mm-hmm. Or Simon, like yep. the backhand Simon, the forehands Eagle. Yep, his and you're like, form oh, is God. so close. Yeah. But he's got his own putt. <clears throat> he's gonna be real good. So then, once we got to the final round, and I saw Macbeth's picture on the on the video coverage, I was like, oh well. Yep. The the hunter has arrived. Good luck, guys. It's another Sunday, Macbeth, in Arizona. In Arizona, and. Y'all are screwed. Just like, just give up. And it was weird because that ended up being true, but not for the reasons. Not that, at all. Not at not all. for the reasons that I thought. Macbeth struggled most of the round, missing putts left and right, and it was really just, you know, Barella fell apart, despite having a beautiful roller that went like seven oh seven hundred feet. But he fell apart. Like if you watch the yeah. first three rounds, which all had Barella. Mm-hmm. He played so Flawless. well. He was great. He could have just played clean. And, it, and going won. in like on on like the third or fourth hole, he had a four stroke lead. Yep. And and was just like it's like, you know what, if you just play clean the rest of this round, it's gonna be really hard for Paul to catch you, especially with him missing putts. And then it was just like this just parade of missed putts for the whole card. Like repeatedly, well, and on, and on he was goals. shanking. He was going out of bounds. Yeah. Like he was doing all sorts of just silly stuff. It just fell apart. That for he him. wasn't. He he fully fell apart. And and I think it's like we always have like, did they uh, give it away or did someone take it? He gave it away. Yeah, unfortunately. Because well, and unfortunately for that, but also unfortunately, like Paul didn't take it. Paul did not play well. No, he didn't. He almost lost to uh, the 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 young Yules. Like baby, I don't baby Yules, baby, baby Yuli. I don't. I can't remember even when his back was jacked up. Yeah, I don't. And he was doing like the weird like straddle putt. Mm-hmm, he was. I don't. So maybe his back was hurting. I him. don't remember a Paul Macbeth playing like this. And I feel like we saw a little bit of that or I, heard did about. Did you watch it? the solo round uh, that Terry Miller I posted? Didn't. I didn't either. I, I w- started to, but it like started out with like three awful holes, and I was like, why would you? I don't. This doesn't yeah. make sense to me. So to no, I didn't. I didn't check that at all. But, um, um, and that's the thing. Like he was doing well at Las Vegas and kind of crumbled at the end. And I don't. Maybe he's injured. Maybe he's just tired, counting group, money but, yeah. all the time. I don't <laughs> like. I don't know. But this is not a Paul. 
that I've seen before. To be totally mm. honest, this is not a po- like I'm the the putting was weird because because that that was definitely strange. Especially like we're used to seeing one putt like yeah. that. Or at t- least maybe at maybe least two. four, if not more. It, it was there was at least four putts where you're like, oh wow, like I thought that like was over the top, low, right, left. Yeah, and it's usually like not, he makes not the a weird, one over not a the weird top. Chain out. No, yeah, no. Just, so. It was just bad. It was bad. Yeah. And once again, bad in terms of MPO slash falling path. Yeah, of course. I would it's love to make different ninety standard. percent of the putts that he actually did yeah. make. Yeah, but uh, and. On top of so uh, while all this is going on, uh, Paul Uliberry was playing a lights out round. He went, I think, like eight for the first nine holes yep. or something like that. And uh, Terry actually had footage of it, and so he was splicing in footage of Paul uh, Uliberry as it went, which turned out to be fantastic. Like th- that saved that that round four coverage because the card. For round four, the actual card, which was, uh, which was, let's see, it was Ezra and Paul and AB and Kyle Klein, right? Yeah. And uh, so those guys weren't exactly tearing it up um, for, for much of that, but, um, but Paul was. So they were splicing that in, and and giving us great coverage on top of that. And not Ezra, it was Anthon. Anthon, you're right. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, you're right. Um, so. There wasn't a lot of exciting disc golf happening on that card, but bringing in the drama and splicing it in, and it made me think about it, and it's like, it's not a new concept doing that, but instead of like what Terry did, where he did, uh, at least for like the first couple rounds, there was two different there was two different cards that he did for the first round and two different recordings. Why wouldn't you spend a little bit more time editing and just combine the two cards showing them like it's telling a story throughout the broadcast in somewhat real time of those rounds and just commentate on both at the same time and have eight players going through like it would be longer but it would be interesting like if you look at the way he spliced in Uliberry's he did great with that but I'll tell you right now um and I don't know I don't know we actually talked about this months ago when we were doing this like my but like simulate a live broadcast you know right what I, mean? I guess for me like my ability to like really dive in has been like there's just been something that i and i haven't mm-hmm. enjoyed just sitting down and like rocking hours and hours of disc golf and i'll tell you i don't know what it was maybe it was pete uliberry yeah getting uh, us all excited and two before before i even like getting your jump, tall jump into up. that um very high quality video yeah from no, terry good. the best i've seen from terry yeah um i really enjoy like i uh so like when i do my little workout in the morning i watch random youtube videos and for the last three or four days when i work out i've been watching disc golf which hasn't even clicked in my mind as something i want to watch um it was just really enjoyable i honestly uh am stoked because i'm like it's re-sparking something that i don't know it's because we do this podcast or cause COVID or cause you know, maybe like slights amount of random depression because of COVID and not being able to do whatever. <laughs> I just, my love of watching tons of disc golf content, uh, peak behind the curtain. I'm sure we've talked about this in the past has waned and I haven't loved, like I know we've the first three or four years of this podcast was nonstop. Like I get to watch more. I get to just watch more. There's more content. Oh, there's lead card. There's chase card. There's all this. I love it. And then like the last year I've been like, 
I got to watch some stuff because of this podcast and I'm going to watch it. And sometimes I'm stoked and sometimes I'm whatever. Um, and really this moral coverage like really kind of like re-sparked it. And I was stoked to be like, ooh, I'm tired. Like I fell asleep watching the final uh, card, the round four final mm-hmm. card. And like woke up this morning and be like, oh, I get to finish the front nine and watch a good chunk while I do my workout this yeah. morning. I'm stoked. Like my workout was like five extra minutes today because I spent time just being like, I can't jump rope right now because I want to see these putts or I want to see these drives. Yeah. Um, and I'm yeah. stoked on that. Yeah. So, but ultimately, uh, Yuli was the ended up being the closest to to taking uh taking it down, but a late bogey, a late OB that uh that really kind of put an end to his run. I mean, he really had to be perfect uh, to, to do did. it he did. in the first place. But um, And Paul was real smart by the end, was just like, well, I don't need to run shit. No, oh, Paul. Macbeth, not you. Yeah, Barry. Macbeth. Well, uh, notice we've been saying Yuleberry uh, every time I said Paul. The people yeah. know. I know. Paul I know. is Paul. Trying, you know, trying, Paul Yuleberry is, is Paul Yuleberry. If so. Pete's listening, I want to do this for him. Yule. We could call him Yuli. But at the same time, I'm like, I'm like you know what? And and I maybe I don't I shouldn't say this because do, do I really do I really need to? But I like Yuli on commentary when there was the big sexy Barry. I think he did a good job. Totally. But you can tell that he tries really hard to be funny, and he is funny. But you can tell that he's like trying to do that. And Pete, his brother, is just like laid back, confident, and like just lets the the commentary flow. And it's, I like that better. Totally. Well, I'll, I'll say it right now. I said it uh, just when we were chatting. Um, Ian, if there's a chance yeah. to get Pete Uliberry on some commentary, especially if it's something Arizona or something he's familiar with. I mean, I, from the sound of it, I think he's dream familiar team. with just about everything. Yeah, I'm sure. I bet they know each other very well. Yeah. Like that's dream team right now. I'm telling you right now. Yeah. I'm ready dream for it. Team Let's go is Ian with Pete Uliberry. Yeah. And then sideline commentary. Yeah. From Hannah Macbeth. Okay. And the champ. All right. I'm ready. Boom. We haven't seen the champ. I it's it's been ever since his his little jump on with USDGC and stuff like that. It's been a minute. Well, he's a smart man. He's probably like I want $6,000 every time I appear. He's probably like, doing no. like deep sea welding or something like that. Like, couldn't you just see him being like out on an oil rig or something like that? Like, or he's like uh, people who've like made tons of movies, and he lives in Florida, and he's just like living off his like. There's still Climo discs selling from Innova. Yeah. I don't think Climo monetized his disc golf career very well at all. I I I, I don't. That's true, but he did he did uh, have a contract with Lucky Strikes, and that's bringing that cat. <laughs> oh, that's not very nice, Joe. I mean, he's a heavy smoker. I I think that there's no batting around that if you hear him talk or have ever heard or seen yes, videos of him we know <laughs> or the greg barsby iron League video if you want to look he's that like up. uh i don't want to do commentary on this unless i can just chain smoke through it i can't all right i'm out <laughs> all right no Ken, i'm just joking you're the best <laughs> so let me give you and uh, so uh i was going to do top 10 on mpo unfortunately there's only the first round up at least as of the recording of this podcast there was only the first round up of fpo so we don't have anywhere near as in-depth um you know analysis 
takeaways from the FPO rounds. But uh, let me give you top 10, then we'll quickly discuss FPO. Uh, but Paul McBeth taking down the win at 42 under. Uh, Paul Uliberry with the raging comeback off the uh, off the chase card. Raging. At, raging at 39 down. Uh, Anthony Barella, uh, disappointing third place finish at 38 down. Then we have Greg Barsby and Josh Anthon at 36 down in fourth place. We have Adam Hammes uh, in Adam Hammes, uh, Mason Ford, Drew Gibson, and Kyle Klein all tied at 35 down in sixth place. And then in 10th place, Nate Meltzler. So, uh, Metzler. I mixed the T's up there. Uh, Metzler at 33 down. So that rounds out your top 10 on uh, the MPO side. So uh, for the FPO side, like I said, we only got um, we only got the uh, the first round, at least so far. So um, I, I did watch that. I am still very much a huge fan of, of Owen Scoggins. Uh, I just, I just love her game. Her the, game has been solid forever too, and she just kind of disappeared for a minute. Yeah, but just the, just the fact that she's got an awesome forehand, she has a awesome backhand, and she's a killer putter. Like I, I just, I love that game, and every she's so consistent in everything she does. It's, it's a lot of fun to watch, and, and it's you just you just expect her to play well. Yeah. I think what what she is, if you don't know who she is, because she, like I said, she kind of disappeared for a while. If you maybe jumped on FPO last year, um, when the euros weren't playing and you think of a Heather young, um, but then like make it a right-hander and then add, I don't know, 50 feet to the backhand and forehand and the putting is just as good if not a little bit better that's Owen Scoggins yeah her putting if I could have her putting and you brought this up earlier maybe in the the pre-show if I could have her putting um and forehand yeah and backhand yeah my life would be complete as a disc golfer yeah totally totally it's uh it's it's fun to watch and it's it's nice seeing that consistency out of out of a player and I'm I'm looking forward to to more tournaments this year for own so obviously own Scoggins took down the win uh, five down uh, Haley King in second place at four down I I was expecting big things from Haley and she played pretty well from what I could see um you know over the course she of the tournament a rough start round one was a little rough and yeah. that's really all I got to see so and then we have Valerie Manduhano. At in third place at five over, uh, Erica Stinkum at uh, twelve over. Stinchcom, Stinchcom, uh, and then in fifth place we have Callie McMorrin at fifteen over. So we'll just do top five. I guess no, we got sixth place. Uh, Ty Jessica Weiss and Alexis Mandujano, uh at sixteen over. Uh, Cynthia Riccati. Ricciotti. Ricciotti, who is the uh, the very, very young uh, who debuted DD. on yeah. on uh, Champs versus yeah, Chumps. Yeah, totally. Uh, so that was fun. Uh, and then uh, Jamie Spencer in ninth place, who actually was on commentary with Terry, and I enjoyed her. So um, that was that was great. So at 23 over. And then you're going to have – I don't I don't even know how to 
do uh, 10th place? Elias uh, and Jenny. I it, like, is that this and Catalin, uh, Betty Belty. Yeah. So I, but nonetheless, I'm not familiar. I kind of wish we got to 12. I'm just going to go to 12 because Carolina Reaper Halstead <laughs> yeah. came in 12. But yeah. So, uh, yeah, but yeah, Jamie Spencer was good. I, I enjoyed the commentary she did with Terry and uh, I'm assuming there's going, going to be more, but I'd so. say also just to kind of, we talked about this last week. Uh, another thing like own and Haley are in uh, a kind of different world. Like there was a 10 stroke swing between first and third and only one between first and second. So, um, that's, that's the world, uh, we live in. Yeah. So, uh, why don't we move on to the memorial? Or sorry, uh, Waco, the Waco annual charity. I'm open. so sorry. It's like you drank beer this episode. I know, <laughs> I know, and I've mispronounced like you're fine. Ten thousand. I'm names. so pumped for Waco. I am too. This is, in my opinion, and I we probably say this every year, but the Waco to me is the beginning of disc golf courses that I like. <laughs> you know right. oh, like totally. even in past years where it's like we had the australian open for a while another boring golf course type type design that i don't really care for you know we have the las vegas challenge golf course again i don't really care we had the wintertime open in the past which i enjoy watching but it doesn't get the the full uh run of pros like these right. other tournaments do you know we typically see paul there because he's a local um but it's it not always it just varies from year to year as to who you see show up at that one so uh, Waco to me is the first like all the all the top guns are going to be there and I love the course it provides an interesting kind of variation of different types of shots and challenges and OB and water and technical lines and open Mm -hmm. lines yeah distance can you throw real far awesome there's a few holes for you yeah (laughs) <laughs> can you throw a super technical awesome there's a few holes for yeah. you like, so i really enjoy it and we've had some just incredible kind of classic rounds come from from this course as well so uh, very much looking forward to the live coverage it'll be on the disc golf pro tour dgn uh so i we've said it before but check it out uh, we very much recommend uh the dgn product they are not a sponsor but uh it's it's good stuff. It's great. They're so, they're, so they're working hard making it happen. We um, advocate. We we don't need you to sponsor us for for you to men- for us to mention that we like your product. So, we'll, although Terry, if you want to send us some money for what we said about yours, yeah, we're so, here for you. Let's let's go. But uh, I'm sure if we really wanted to, we could reach out to Terry and join him on Smashbox, and we would gain viewers from it. But we've just never done that. So it's like so long. It's like a lot of time. I know. It's not, it did. It does seem when like our, when we got, quite the time When we investment. both got our shots, we can be side by side and do it. Yeah, yeah. So let's uh, let's just get right into our picks for uh, for Waco. Yeah, and we'll talk way more about the course and everything uh, next week when we're actually talking about yeah, the round. Of course. Uh, so, um, d- d- I think you won picks last time because I made some craziness. So I'll let you start. Let's start with FPO. And we'll go three, two, one. All right. In third place, FPO, I have Owen Scoggins. Oh, I'm going uh, Katrina Allen in third and place. And that's what I have in, in uh, second. Okay. And and Katrina has – I've we've seen both from her at this course. Yes. I've, I've seen her try and make crazy hero lines mm-hmm. and get destroyed. 
and then play super well. I so I put uh, I put Own Scoggins in second place because I think that her conservative does, play style play to her is yep. is going to not conservative play style, but her her the, her ability to throw multiple different types of shots consistently and accurately, and then putt well. I think she's just going to find a way to be there. And since we've been watching, uh, like really watching Waco, she hasn't been there, so yeah, this exactly. might be uh, an extra coming out for her. Um, in first place, I have Haley. No, I'm sorry, I have Paige Pierce. Yeah, same, same. I don't know how you cannot. I don't know how anyone can pick anyone other than Paige. Speaking of which, uh, we do need to jump back to the beginning of the show. Paige Pierce uh, rating update nine ninety six. Yeah, she is super close. It's gonna happen. Yeah, it's gonna happen. Yeah, it 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 might not happen this year. Um, hopefully, the FPO field and we get uh, Euro players at some point. Uh, this year and that right, will, to up that will the, help yep. to up the competition yep. and give her a better shot at at um at getting those ratings but it page has to it's yep. got to happen and and the pdga needs to to figure it out because they do because i don't know I, you they you, need to wait it they, wait it they need to wait it different yeah, they do anyway okay so, so mpo so mpo go ahead do your we'll do three two one again all right, so in third place, I have uh, one Rickson Waisaki the third. Ooh, I am taking in third place, Mr. Paul McBeth. In second place, I have Calvin Heimberg. I also have Calvin Heimberg in second place. And this is where we have a big, I mean, we already, it's already kind of crazy. Um, I just think Eagle is hitting all facets right. I, I put Eagle number one. I have put uh, I put Ricky Wysocki number one. One, he's played this course well in the past. Uh, the the I just and he looks strong as hell. I mean, course records, Paul McBeth. I don't know. He pooped his butt out. Yeah, though. yeah. I just I've seen. I just Paul. <laughs> he didn't necessarily. We don't know that. He just <laughs> he he had food poisoning and uh, just what just like you said, watching out. Paul kind of just not putt very well and and. You know, sometimes and not drive very well. Like yeah. it wasn't. It wasn't like it was just putting. Like overall, yeah. um, I was a little worried and about. It could the whole be one game. of those things where we're supposed to double down and just choose Paul McBeth because whenever he looks bad, he proves people wrong and comes out. And this is a course where you know he's got his it course record. Happen. We've had and, years you know, where his perfect round. You know, we've so. had years where it was like Rick or Paul or neither, and then all of a sudden they all did really well. Yeah. And so. Is but I, I think Ricky's primed for it, and he's playing really well. Uh, Calvin is doing great, and uh, and I'd never be surprised. And I won't be shocked if Eagle takes it either. But I just I right. just think and same. I won't be shocked if Paul takes it. And yeah. I didn't. Paul's not on my card, which is wow. It may be the first time in uh, over a year. Yeah, that Paul playing a tournament. I didn't uh, pick him for any spot in the top three. Yeah, and I put him in third place. So it's we're both. Uh, we're both slighting the champ, if I can even call him that. Well, oh, you can call him that. Well, I mean, the champ is is Climo, but yeah, let's not get into it. But I mean, I you know waited versus there then and now yeah, and whatever. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, I agree. All right, it is time for our world famous deer review, our disc and beer pairing, where we take a disc. We take a beer, we review them both, and let you know whether you should bring it on the course. Tonight, we have Love in a Tall Glass by Weldworks Brewing Company, which is a a sour ale. Um, And this is an interesting one. 
Weldworks Brewing Company again. And thank you so much, Evan Miller. And we are pairing it with the Viking Rune, a two-speed, four-glide, zero-turn, zero-fade putter. And we have this in ground plastic, which is their base-level plastic. So um, quite... Quite just, the beer. Quite. I, the... I just I just found a new like uh, breakfast beer. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So this thing, we'll start beer then. That's where that's where we're going. Uh, normally, ask Joe, disc or beer. But Man, this, this th- is oh, I'm just jumping right in. You have you ever had like um, instant oatmeal? Uh huh. Have you ever had like the strawberries and cream? Yep. Instant oatmeal. Yeah. Uh, that's this in beer form. Yeah. So this is a sour oh wheat gosh. ale. Um. And it it like it's got a little bit of cheesecake to it, like a, Ooh, that might be that little cream, poss- possibly a that little strawberry and cream right there, Ooh. possibly a little chocolate, like some cherry. Um, and I believe it's uh, if you can grab the can, I think it's like six point six nine six point nine percent alcohol. Um, so nice, but it it's not crazy sour like you'd expect no. from from some other sour ales. Uh, it's technically a Berliner Weiss, uh, the the style of beer. Uh, a sour fruited Berliner Weiss. So um, that's, you know, definitely not common on this podcast. But I had some of it the other night because I, when Evan sent this to me, full honesty, Evan sent us two beers. Um, the other one we drank in the pre-show, uh, which was a double IPA, which was in our wheelhouse. No, we drank during this show. During this show, that's true. Um, uh, which is really in our wheelhouse traditionally of what we review in this show. And I saw the other one, and I was like, oh, there's no way Joe's going to like this beer. He sent us two of each. And so I had it the other night just at, at my house because I was like, well, we're probably not reviewing this. And because, I'm out of beer, and I want and, to drink And like, I want to drink this. And so I did, and I'm like, oh, my God, this is fucking delicious. And so I'm like, all right, Joe, we're sharing this beer. <laughs> I know. I'm actually kind of pissed right now. <laughs> now that I'm thinking about it, you're kind of an asshole. Um, 100%. 100%. This is this is bomb. Like, I will also say the double was awesome. Yes, very good. The double we both. Weldworks drink. is a fantastic brewery out of Colorado. Um, so thank you very much, Evan Miller. But yeah, this is like it's got a little bit of chocolate to it. It's of course got the cherry flavor, and then it has like this kind of creamy, almost like lactose yeah flavor to it. But there, it doesn't list lactose in, in there. Well, the cheesecake. Um, like, anyways, I I could uh, sip on this. I could drink it like, and I like I could smash yeah. a can of this at yeah. the same time. Maybe too easy to smash a can of this. Yeah, it's got like this. This it, is so nice, and it looks like red wine in the glass. Like it, it looks like you know a deep kind of burgundy color to it. Uh, fantastic flavor, just all around, just rich flavor, and the. A lot of times my complaints with sours is like you feel like you're getting heartburn after the first sip type thing, but this is not that tart. It's not. So you get all these other flavors in there and you still get the, the sour to it, but it's not over the top to where it's just dominating the, the flavor of the beer. No, it's it's just like a, a slightly unripe like cherry or strawberry. Um, that's good. Like I dig this. I... Did not expect to like it as much as I am right now. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a really nice, clean beer. It's like refreshing. A lot of times I talk about sours too, where it's so tart on your tongue that, like, in order to make up for it, like, 
almost like sugars or there's sweetnesses and it's become sweet. Mm-hmm. This isn't even sour enough to do that. It's just like yeah. a nice little, hey, it's like sweet tarts. Yeah. Like you get the it does s- kind of remind me of, of like a sweet tart type type flavor, like a candy kind of candy cherry flavor. And yeah. Then, and then the, you know, the milky kind of lactosey flavor plus like a you know, like cheesecake kind of cookie. Which type. I don't like cheesecake, but I like this. Yeah. I love cheesecake. I mean, I like most cakes, but. Uh, let's talk about the disc because I don't want to just like jump the gun on like <laughs> on this beer. All right. So the Viking Rune two speed four glide zero turn zero fade. I should note we have ground plastic on this one, and there are two. There's storm and uh, and fire and um, a couple other uh, types of plastic on this one. That um, armor. There's like a bunch of different plastics for this. Uh, so I believe uh, Viking is uh, is out of Finland, right? I don't know. I'll check. I know it's. I know it's European. It's European. I would. Yeah. I would assume you know Vikings would be like Norway or something, but I don't think it's Norway. You would think so, but who who knows? <laughs> um, um. So I I apologize to them. I mean, you finish. Think- yeah, it says finished design. Phew. Finland. Woo! There you go. I win. Nailed it. Uh, and uh, this. I don't know about the. The only thing I don't know about. Uh, well, let me describe the shape. So it is a rounded kind of blunt nose with a with a small bead at the rim, um, fairly flat top. I mean, it's a little domey. It's it's deep, definitely. I don't know that I'd call it domey. Uh, no, it's like almost a concave. It is flat. Yeah, but it's still deep. So I could see how people would think that it's you know kind of domey because of how deep it is, um, and that depth on the rim gives it the glide you're talking about uh, on there. But I still don't know that it's a four glide. Um, overall, this is a pretty laser beamy putter. Um, goes decently far. I mean, when I you know I throw bullets now. Um, and it was getting out with them pretty well. Um, definitely on the understable side. Uh, it, it's, you know, if you give it, it again, I'm throwing base plastic. Um, so I was able to get some turn out of it and have it kind of finish right. Didn't see a ton of fade at all. So that zero fade is, is makes definitely sense. Yeah. makes sense. But I, you know, throwing it with other three glide putters, it was basically getting out around the same distance. So I think the four glide is an embellishment. You also could maybe call it a point. Yeah. Five minus five turn. You like, could. It had a definitely. Turn. I will also say with the base plastic, I, I do enjoy it as a base plastic. A lot of times I've talked about on the podcast lots and lots of times how much I hate D-Line and DX. It's super slick and super stiff and that I just am not a fan. And this is actually a little more rubbery. Yeah. It is still kind of slick, but at least you can like smash your thumb down into it to like get it a better grip on it. Yeah. Um, I don't... I. Don't hate the plastic. If all base plastic was like this, I'd I'd be okay with it. Um, yeah, and storm plastic can be pretty slick too, given uh, my knowledge of their. You know, I used to throw Ragnarok. Is that what you threw them in? Storm, yeah. They're um, like a, which a, is a like their champish. Yeah, champish or lucid or you know whatever your well, yeah, your translucent which might be a fun, hard might plastic. Might be a, a fun plastic for this disc. So um, I could see that those you being able to put a little more power on them and you know not get as much turn and and get the distance they're talking about, but. Um, overall, I, I don't, I don't know about the fork life. It, 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 nonetheless, this is a very comfortable putter. It fully fits into the range of, um, you hand this to me before a tournament and I'll be able to make it work. Um, I'll say the bevel on the side too, if you're, as you're trying to describe it, kind of reminds me of, of, uh, 
of a PA3. It's not super rounded. Yeah, it's, it's very like round, it's blunt nosed. Exactly. For sure. It's rounded, but it it kind of comes pretty vertical at the nose and then bevels into the right. To the bead. And that's kind of like the first thing. Just looking at, it, I was like, oh, that's like it a, does, a PA3. It definitely reminds me of that shape. For um, sure. but it's a nice disc, and and like I said, it's it's not domey like a judge's domey. So it it although it is deep it doesn't feel and it's so funny that i say this now that i've like switched to pilots because forever i was like oh judges like aren't deep at all and as soon as i went back to throw judges after throwing pilots i was like oh because of this dome it feels kind of deeper than it is yeah um all i'm saying is because it's flat it's probably a little bit deeper than i'm used to but the flatness makes it not feel as as bad yeah and that's yeah. why no one likes harps and you should never throw a harp <laughs> wow just taking the cheap what? shot at what? harps <laughs> out of the blue zone over it's... harp all day um but yeah it's wow. a it's a disc it's yeah. a putter yeah so i mean i think the ultimate um judgment of a putter goes to robin because he's he's the he's the putter man well uh, as you know i am uh, anti-bead on my putters so yeah. it, it already gets a strike there for that um i the depth too i i prefer while i understand that you know getting a deeper putter gives you that glide um i just it doesn't work out well for me and so i don't like these deeper ones it, same thing that that drove me away from the p2 it's just so deep and uh and makes it difficult doesn't feel comfortable in my hand personally right. Um, between the two, but it, I had good luck throwing this and was able to get, uh, the, the flights that, that it's supposed to do getting, you know, straight 250 foot shots, um, was not a problem. So uh, I, I think it's a great disc. I would love to try the premium versions as we say uh, the majority of the time when we, uh, when we review a disc where we only get a, you know, base level plastic, unfortunately we're not always able to get every version of plastic of a disc when we review it. So we do the best we can. Um, but yeah. I, I think that if, if you were to review one, I think it's better to start at base, especially for a putter, because more oh, totally for a putter, more likely that you're going to use it to putt with and then approach with. So knowing what its base level plastic is going to do is more helpful. And then knowing that the uh, the more premium plastics are for sure going to be more overstable. Yeah. And um, so and I will say it's it's one of the better base level plastics we've we've had. it is it's extremely durable feeling uh and i chunked it into some rocks and gravel uh, i mean joe can can see yep because uh, it whenever when I, I, I test <laughs> whenever i test discs in my house there's a gravel driveway and if i landed on the gravel driveway it's like a month's worth of wear in one throw but um but it held up well it's 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 a good disc so it is it is but um i'm just gonna roll right in I mean, I been throwing them pilots. I dig them. I actually like played around with like one of the cosmic pilots that's super stiff, and I didn't think I'd like it, and I actually had a real good round with it. But uh, you know, I just I like my pilots. They a little more glide, well, a lot more glide. Feel better in the hand. You know, nice and flat and beaded. I I don't have a problem with bead. But there's no reason to switch to a rune. Yeah. 
you know, if it yeah. ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah, no, and I'm I'm the same way. I I you know, I'm throwing bullets. I don't like beaded putters particularly, so um, it it's not going to work for me. But it it's a good disc. I I'm I got good flights out of it. Yeah. Anybody that uh, is looking for a nice kind of blunt nosed beaded putter um, that comes in a nice variety of plastics, I might add. Uh, the the runes if, if a, a good choice. Still makes discs. Anyways, yeah. uh, oh, I don't man, know. you're I just know. throwing cheap shots uh, all over the place. The the beer, like I I love my IPAs, but I could I could drink this all day every day. Oh, easy. Yeah, this all, is on the course. This is fantastic. At home, after rounds, mid round, before round, it's awesome. Yeah, and like, and the, this doesn't even seem like alcohol. Like it just. No, it's like juice. It's, it's like, like tasty, juice. Tasty, like tasty you juice. You could you could like. I'd like to make a spritzer out of it. It's just like, just go nuts. Like it's, it's just, it's fantastic. I, all right, Robin, you, you get to give us the rating this week. Oh, I do. What? All right. So, uh, we're over two, both of us out on the, on the disc and in on the beer. This is the Euliberry brothers. We're in on Pete. We're out on Paul. Let's go. So, uh, that's all we got for you on this episode of the disc golf podcast. Be sure to check out our website, throwstuffatstuff.com. You can join our Slack group from there. You can check out our merchandise. We'll have pins up there soon. We have silly pints. There's discs. uh, Lots of good stuff. Uh, Also, a list of all our deer reviews. So if you're looking for a specific disc and wondering what we think about it, you can hit up the website, uh, hit the deer reviews segment, and sort by brand, by disc, by uh, type of disc. There's, there's, There's a bunch of ways. So... Um, if you're looking for that, check it out. Patreon. Join our patreon.com slash the disc golf podcast. And we do pre-show recordings before every single episode. If you like the main show, you will love the pre-show. And if you burn through all our episodes, there are like 150 pre-shows that you can cycle through right after that. So patreon.com slash the disc golf podcast, uh, support the show, get extra content. It's a win win for everybody. Uh, in the meantime, get out there this weekend and throw stuff at stuff. This is a song for the aceless, but those with aces listen closely. You don't always have to huck it hard. In fact, sometimes that's not right to do Sometimes you got to lay it up And fucking not run an ace or two Sometimes you got to ease If you want to put the D's and the B's Sometimes you got to say, hey I'm gonna throw it softly I'm gonna hug it gently I'm gonna flick it smoothly I'm gonna toss it so sweetly And then you say, hey, I hit some metal And then you say, wait a minute, Robin I think I'm starting to get it now Could you fill my throat for me? That's fucking teamwork What's your favorite disc? That's cool with me, it's not a trespass, but I guess it works for you. What's your favorite beer? The only answer is an IPA, so let's go to the bar. And then I'm gonna flick it so sweetly. And 
then I'll fucking hook it softly And then I'll fucking throw it perfectly But then I'm gonna hook